Genesis chapter 22. Starting with verse 21. Genesis 32 and verse 21. So went the present over before him and himself lodged that night in the company. Speaking of Jacob. And he rose up that night took his two wives, two women servants, and his eleven sons, and passed over the ford Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook, and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, The hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what's thy name? He said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Last verse 28, for thou hast power with God, with men, and thou hast prevailed. I want to preach to somebody here today the breaking of day. The breaking of day. If you would lift your hands one more time and let's just thank the Lord for his presence that's here. God talk to us today through your word. I ask you in Jesus' name, let our minds be receptive, that the atmosphere have been set and be pleasing unto you, that God, out of that atmosphere, you can do creative miracles in the heart and the minds of your people. I pray in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. We are definitely within the throes of I hate to say battle because that sometimes carries a negative connotation, but there is a spiritual battle that we are in the throes of in all of Christianity. And that battle uh, is, is not, uh, I don't think it's anything new that people have not already recognized without me being redundant. Uh, about it. We're facing a moment in time where they're trying to do the world, uh, whatever it may be, the powers that may be of the world, to just make everything a little bit easier for humanity. We got modern day medicine, the best it's ever been. Technology is, is at an all time, mind blowing uh, time or season. They've I got a text the other day. Someone sent me about now uh, artificial intelligence is not coming. It's already here. And uh, they're, they're telling, I had a pastor friend even call me and, and state the same thing, saying, what, what, are, what, what, what do we do? What, what, what's what's going to happen? And he began to define things that he uh, was thinking. And uh, this artificial intelligence is going to change the dynamics drastically. 
Again, the purpose behind it all, and I say that word very emphatically, the purpose is to make everything easier, make everything lighter, easier for us. Uh, Basically, you come home, push a button, and the house just works itself. Uh, It's going to cook the toast for you. It's going to cook the egg for you. It's going to... And then it don't end there. It can get a wife for you. And that's where it's going. The husband, now, you can just... Put in what you want, and they're going to make you a new wife and a new husband. (laughs) Uh, Don't nobody get no ideas. Keep the one you got. Because I know some, I'm reading your mind right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus, it's finally here. No, keep the one you got. She's good, he's good, just hang on. But the purpose behind it all is, is just to make things easier. Why? We don't want to be uncomfortable. We just don't want to. I I don't like to be uncomfortable. I'll preach to myself the beginning part of this message. I I like it cool in here. I don't like it hot. I like the comfortability, the, the modern day things that have been given. But you see, here's the thing. There's a purpose under the sun that God has deemed that the world has not recognized yet. And where the world would try to make things comfortable and easy, they are slowly but surely eradicating and removing an element about humanity that I've got to make a choice in some things and there's just some things I'm not going to like and I'm going to have to take my flesh by the nap of the neck and tell it no. I love my computer, but you let that thing crash and I'm ready to throw it out the window. I can't live without it, but yet it's got a hold on me. And well, I use it for my banking, I use it for my study. And I see there's a purpose that needs to be redefined to the church. It's not the purpose of how I feel or what I feel, but it's a purpose of what God has for me. And whatever God has for me, I need to seek that purpose no matter how uncomfortable it may be. Jacob's story might be Old Testament. It might be kind of antiquated in its text. But it's still got a principle that is very powerful in our day to day. Jacob and Esau, the two sons born to Rebekah, Isaac. Twins that fought in the womb. There's a problem right there. They fought before they ever came out. Shows you and I that from the very beginning of man's breath. There's a fight in man. Whether you and I won't admit it or not, there's a fight. Now the question is, where do I direct that fight? Do I direct it for the things of God and destructively? Or do I direct it towards the the purpose that God has? Or do I let it tear down everything God has tried to establish in me? These two boys fought from the womb. And their, their birth marks the journey. That doesn't start in, it started in the womb, but it ultimately culminates way down the road. See, because God had a purpose on them. It wasn't an accident, it wasn't a coincidence, but God was trying to give us a picture of what was coming down the road and how man was to conquer himself, face things that he had dropped the ball on and make mistakes of, 
But yet it didn't matter how great the mistake was or how out of control the flesh was. If you and I focus on the purpose of God, it can be conquered and there will be a breaking of a day and a new beginning for whatever God has. And the battle begins between Jacob and Esau. And the birthright, and it was supposed to go to Esau. He came out first. He was the elder. But the prophecy had already been spoken, said, for the elder will serve the younger. There's some things in God's word you can't get around. And if that word said it, there ain't no way you and I are ever going to get around what the word of God says. If God says a man's got to repent and he's got to be baptized in Jesus' name, if he wants to see eternal life, there's no way around it, whether you and I think it or not, or we get intellectual or not. But if I can conquer my flesh and make up in my mind, I'm going to change this, then there's no stopping what God will do for you and I. These two boys came out and the birthright's on the table. And you want to talk about dysfunction. Here's another one. The Bible's full. Why are we so shocked when families, what the world and secular philosophies and psychologies call a dysfunctional family? They think they got a new word and a new coin. It started way back in the Bible. Step daddies and step mamas and no show daddies and no show mamas. Illegitimate children. Addicted children. And we come today and go, oh my God, what's this world coming to? God's saying, I gave you the answer all along. If you'll crucify your flesh and get in alignment with the will of God, God said, I'll do great things for you that you can't ever imagine. And the mama got to manipulate mama oh Rebecca her pride and joy or whatever he was Jacob so I tell you what it's supposed to go to your brother but I tell you what I'm going to show you how to trick your old daddy dress up with goat skin and, and pretend and, and she got to coercing and manipulating some of our greatest shipwrecks is because we tried to make something happen. We tried to manipulate or try to make things happen in a marriage, in a home, and in a family. You can't make somebody do something. Now you can trick them, and she tricked him good. It's a shame she took advantage of that young man. He respected and loved her, but she took advantage of him. It's a shame that we live in an hour. Our mother's love is not pure and a father's love is not pure. And hers was not. She had an agenda. She had an angle. It worked. They ultimately got what they wanted. They tricked the old man. Esau comes in and says, hey, I'm ready for the birthright. The birthright meant he was going to be the number one head honcho in the family. And he got the spiritual blessings of Abraham. This was big. This wasn't just you winning the lottery and getting a couple million. This was the spiritual. That's back when things were really spiritual. Now it's all about secularism and numbers. And Ooh, that's a good message all to preach. You can see I got snagged right there. Cut that line, Brother George. I got to keep on going. 
He got the blessing, the benefit, the birthright. Esau comes in and says, hey, is there anything left? No. Isaac's upset. Esau's upset. And Jacob's running for the hills with the birthright. You see, there's things that you and I do today that one way or the other, we're going to have to make it right down the road. And even though Jacob got it for the moment, the old saying, Brother Ruay, you reap what you sow. Rebecca came and said, hey, head on down to my brother Laban. He said, you can hang out there until your brother's anger calms down. And watch. He gets there and he works seven years. I'm going kind of quickly over this. I think everybody knows the story pretty good. He gets there for seven years and he said, I'm working for that prized possession, Rachel. Only to find out at the end, Laban shows up and says, nope, changed my mind. You're going to have to work another seven, but I tell you what, I'll give you a little Leah. I'll give you the ugly one. I'll give you the one nobody wants. You see, he was reaping what he had sowed. You stole that birthright from Esau. In your, instead of letting God fulfill the prophecy, you took it on yourself to fulfill the prophecy. The prophecy was the elder's going to serve the younger. But his mama and he thought, I can do better than God and make this quicker. Our struggle is keeping our flesh in position and waiting on God. That's the hardest place, Micah, because I know what I can do. Just let me at them. Let me have it. I can, I can fix this. I can take care of that. I can do this. I can... What did I just say? I, I, I. And God's turning us in this end time hour to start saying, God's got this. God's got this. There's a breaking of the day coming for somebody. I know so strong what I feel in the Holy Ghost today. You've been fighting through the midnight hour of flesh. You've been fighting through the midnight hour of past. You've been fighting through the midnight hour of things that you didn't understand. And God's saying, there's a coming to the rising of the sun that you ain't never seen before. But this time when the sun rises, you're going to get a miracle like you've never gotten before. You're going to see something in God you've never seen before. A relationship with Him that you ain't got to manipulate it. You ain't got to work the system. Just let God be God and God will do more for you and I in one moment if we'll take the reins off of him. And Laban said, you're going to have to work another seven if you're going to get old Rachel. If you're going to get the one you got your eye on, you're going to have to give a little bit more. And now Jacob is having to reap what he sowed. Oh, I wish I had every young couple newly married. I could tell them every decision you make today affects tomorrow. And you better make sure you make it with a godly decision today. Because regardless of God, God can heal, God can restore, God can give everything back. But you still going to have to deal with that baggage. You still going to have to deal with Leah. 
As ugly as she is, as much as you didn't want her, you got to deal with her because you created that bed. I'm preaching to people here today. We've created some beds, but God's trying to tell us the day's about to break. And where you feel this guilt for so long and you feel you've done this and you did it wrong, rightfully so. We've all made the mistakes. But what God's trying to tell us is let go of the mistake. Let God resurrect you to something new. There's a purpose God has for you. There's a purpose he's got for me. If I wrote a list of every one of my mistakes, I ain't got paper enough nor ink enough to write the mistakes. But I've learned long enough. I can't let my past keep me in my past. I've got to live now today in the present. And I've made it decision as for me and my house we will serve the Lord as for me and my family I made mistakes yesterday but today is a new day and the sun is about to come up and I'm making a decision I'm going to serve him with all of my heart and all of my strength I'm telling somebody here today you're looking at Leah and saying, I can't do what God's asking me to do because of the mistake. Oh. I made too many errors. Let me give you something. Leah, the one he didn't want. Do you know who came from Leah? Oh, I got somebody. Jesus. So what you don't want and from your past mistakes, if you let God make them right, he can still bring salvation. Out of Leah, the one he did want, came the Messiah to the world. I'm trying to help somebody. Yeah, you made the mistake. Yeah, you made the bed. You got to lay in it. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. God will do a new thing in the midst of that mistake. When you and I align ourselves with him and say, okay, God, I did make the mistake. He'll help you with the baggage. He'll help you with the mistake and the reaping of what you and I have sown. Because that's what Jesus was. I'm taking all the mistakes of Jacob and I'm putting it under my blood. Oh, oh, I feel the prophetic again. God's talking to people right now. Don't push it off. That's Him talking to you, that's His word penetrating your heart. That's not a preacher. That's the word of God from a preacher. The word of God's doing the work, not me. God's penetrating a heart right now trying to give somebody hope. The sun's coming up. There's a new day that's about to arise. And the mistakes of yesterday are going to be put under the blood. The errors of yesterday are going to be put under the blood. And the mistakes that are looking you in the face every day. God's fixing to say, I'm fixing to take that mistake. And I'm fixing to turn it into something that the whole world can see. How great my glory is. How great my power is. What I can do with an individual that will surrender all of their heart and all of their mind. I can do wonders that man cannot do. That a doctor cannot do. If you'll just give it to me. And Leah the one I can't tell you Brother Bushnell the one I don't want 
is the one something great's going to come from. Thing that happened that caused me the most pain is going to be the thing that brings me the greatest miracle. What's caused you the greatest grief? That son, that daughter, that mama, that daddy, that husband, that wife. That's caused you the greatest disappointment. That marriage that failed. Ever looking in your face. It's going to be out of that. If you just wrestle through it. And keep your eye fixed on the prize. God, I'm in this for you. I'm not in this for you to fix my problems. I'm in this because I love you. I'm not in this because I need you to become my bellboy, my Santa Claus, my genie in a bottle. I'm in this because, God, I love you. Whether you love me or not, I'm going to love him. Whether you mistreat me or not, I'm going to love him. Whether you praise me or not, I'm going to love him. Whether you pat me on the back or I'm going to love him. Whether I get another place to pray, I'm going to love him. Whether any of the above, I'm going to love him. Why? Because it's out of that moment of wrestling with him that God does his greatest work. But back to the beginning, technology and these things and modern, and I'm not against it, I like it. But, oh, Brother Jeff, it subconsciously programmed us. Watch me. We don't have to fight for anything in the spirit. We don't have to. This is just life. I did this, and we just quit. Instead of Brother Darrell wrestling and saying, yeah, I messed up. But you know what? There's only one person that can make it right. And that's me coming to God and letting him make right my wrong. Jacob never gave up. He didn't get an attitude with Laban. I don't want her. She's ugly. You know, I got to live with her. He didn't say none of that. He took her. I wonder if old Jacob's mind, he was saying, man, mama, if I could find you, I'd give you a good kick in the backside. You got me into this mess and I listened to you. Instead of doing what was right. Some things happen to you that ain't your fault. And you want to blame whoever did it. Just keep wrestling. There's a breaking of the day that's coming. And whatever hurt, whatever pain of yesterday, if you'll just keep wrestling, I'm going to make it. I'm coming out of this. I'm, I'm staying with God. Look at your options. Leave God or stay with Him and wrestle through it. I've seen many people, Brother Mike, God don't do what they want Him to do and they just quit God. Like as in, that's the option. I'm going to quit God and buy me a case of Jim Beam and I'm just going to be happy now. You're crazy. Because when that Jim Beam wears off, you're hugging the bowl. You're insane. But that's
That's what the world has propagated. Run from the trouble. Run from the problem. Instead of saying, hey, I'm going to face it. And here's the answer. I'm going to bring God into my problem and say, God, I need your help. You see how this world has inundated our mind. You ain't got to fight. Just drink your problems away. Smoke your problems away. Snort your problems away. Jacob didn't say nothing. I feel though, surely in his humanity, he said, look at what I got myself into. Nevertheless, I'm going to work for the one I want. If somebody would just keep pressing into what God is telling you. Come on, healings in your future. Miracles in your future. Ministries in your future. If you'll just keep wrestling through what your mind is telling you to give up and throw in the towel. I'm telling you, you're going to get your Rachel. So he works. He gets Rachel. Laban lies again. And he has to work again. Finally, this time, he finally gets to leave. He leaves with two wives. God help his ever-loving soul. Jesus, that's when you need the Holy Ghost right there. Some struggling with just one. Not you, baby. Woo. Uh-uh. You my, you my queen. Yeah, that's right. That's a good Shoo, I slid right in on that one. <laughs> Ain't nobody like you. And I mean that. So he goes with two and a herd of cattle. But now watch. You got what you want. But God said, I still ain't done with you. You may get what you want. But until you get what God wants, it ain't over. You got the cows and the goats and all the money and the birthright and the wife you want. But God says, son, I can't take you into my promises until we deal with your nature. We want God's miracles, God's promises, God's supernatural. But we don't want God to deal with our nature. Because that's hard. Brother Mike, that's the one I look at every day in the mirror. And I really know who I am. You don't. But I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I've done. Baptism has helped me and made me right with God. But every day I wake up, enemy comes and says, who do you think you are? I remember what you did and nobody knows about it. I know. So I look at him in the mirror and every day is a wrestling match saying, yep. You're right. I did it. 
Bible says, agree with your adversary quickly. I did it. I did everything you said I did. Every mistake. I did it. But guess what? I plead the blood. And every day I wake up in that courtroom setting in the mirror where the accuser comes and reminds me of my mistake. I'm wrestling for purpose. I'm wrestling for what God has for my tomorrow. And every day I wake up, it's a wrestling match and it never goes away. Don't let the world inundate you and tell you that it ain't a wrestling match and living for God. As long as there's breath in your body, you're going to have to fight for your faith in God. Don't let the enemy tell you. You can just cock back and just ride. Because if you got the Holy Ghost, you're a threat to the enemy's kingdom. Because your past and God delivering you from your past represents to this community what God can do. You see why you're a target, Brother Smith? Because your testimony is. I ain't what I used to be. And when they say how, you can say, I've been to the water. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I've been filled with His Spirit. I've repented of my sins. I live a separate and holy life from the world. I've cut those old things away. I've cut those old ties away. So you're the target. So if He can take you out. He messes up the testimony. So now Jacob... You're on your way to the promise. But when are you going to face what I've been telling you you've got to deal with? But I was born with it. I'll give you that. Jacob was born with a fight in his gut. I get it. Always trying to top his brother. I get it. But to the point you top your brother and hurt him, You just got in trouble with God. It was okay to have the fight as long as you didn't hurt somebody. What do you think happens in the corporate world, Brother Chris? It's dog eat dog. Step on somebody's head to get the promotion. Why? Because if I break his neck and get his job, I get more money. It's all about the money. All the money had the wife, and God says, Now I let you do, but now it's time for me and you to get honest. And here's what the Bible says Jacob, here's the process that happened for Jacob. Bible says, first verse, second verse of 32, and Jacob came to Mahanahim. That word means to companies in the original Hebrew of angels here's what he was telling him Jacob you finally realized there's a nature in you that needs to be dealt with and in order for the breaking of the day to come you cannot go on another step until you deal with this nature that's in you He said, so what I'm going to do is you started the process. Manaham, two companies. That means one will go before you and one going to be after you. Do y'all remember your song today? Some of y'all probably don't remember. 
in that song, it said, I will go before you, I will be behind you. What God's trying to tell somebody here today is God's asking you to move into a place of relationship with him you've never been before. Modern denomination, religion, whatever it is you're a part of, brought you as far as you can go. And God's got you here today saying, I've got something more. But in order for you to taste of Canaan and to taste of the blessings of living for God that you've never tasted before. Someone made a comment. They left this place, this building of recent. Got down the road and turned around and came back. And their response was, there's something in that building. I wanted to come back for. You listen, there's something in this building that, that you and I can't take credit for, but it's here because of the hunger of a group of people that has said, God, I want to go into Canaan. I've never tasted yet. I don't know what that all entails, but I'm ready to go. God's saying, if you just make the decision to go, I'll put a company of angels in your front. I'll put a company of angels in the back. I'll take care of your enemy behind you, and I'll take care of your fears about tomorrow. Well, if I live for God, I'm going to lose my family. If I lose or live for God, I'm going to lose my friend, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my whatever. I'm going to lose my job. Either we believe God's word or we need to get a cotton candy machine and a popcorn machine and pretend this is a carnival. Either I believe that if I make that step, God will take care of my fear for tomorrow and he'll take care of my past of yesterday. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what this next step is. If I take it, I'm afraid. He said, I'll send a company of angels ahead of you. I'll take care of it. If you just step into righteousness, into my purpose, into my presence. And then he gets his family together. That's his word. God's trying to tell him. Like today, God's trying to tell somebody, I'm getting you to a breaking of day. And finally, find Genesis chapter 32 and where I started. I don't remember the verse. So we went present over before him and himself lodged that night in the company. Next verse. Okay, watch this. He says, and he rose up that night Sometimes, God, Brother Bushnell, you said it in one of these services that we recently had. You said, I think it was you that said it, that said, Genesis, God starts in the evening and the day. God always starts something for you in a night season. When God created the days, he started the evening and the, the, the day was the first day. He starts literally in our thinking backwards. We start day to night. God starts from night to day. And anytime God, in the, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, is the creative regeneration of man. God basically saying, this is how I do it. I start in a dark time of your life. And I work through that dark night as long as you keep wrestling. And eventually there's going to come a rising of the sun. And your life in living for God is seven days of creation. Whether you're 80, 10, 20, it's seven days of creation. He called, he separated. That's the first doctrine. That's before Acts 2.38 was separation. He's got to separate you and I from the world. So what he's telling Jacob is this. 
He said, I'm starting something in a dark time. Nighttime. Evening time. God's greatest work in me and your life starts in an evening moment. When you can't see the next step, when you don't know what to do, when you don't know where to turn, when you cannot find an answer from nobody, he planned it that way. But here's what we do. Immediately, when we enter a trial, a trouble, a valley, something that we don't understand, the first thing we do, Brother Charlie, is we... Looking for something when God's saying, I've been here all along. Look to me, the author, the finisher of your faith. And he tells Jacob, he says, get up, take your two wives, and pass over the Ford Jabbok. You know what the Ford Jabbok? Don't get nervous, I'm about to stop. I'm just hot. Oh my God, long-winded preacher. Jabbok means emptying. Before you got a daybreak, there's got to be an emptying. I want the miracle. Nope. I want my prayer answered. Nope. I gave you them two women. Deal with them. But I'm not giving you this one, Jacob, until I get what I want from you. And he had to empty himself and say, God, I can't do this in myself. I can't make it on my own. My prayer is not even working no more, God. I thought you would deal with Esau. I've been gone for 20 years. Surely you could have just let him die. Why do I got to face this? Why do I have to deal with this? God says, "Uh uh-uh. The only way I'm going to get you to my purpose and me to get what I want, you got to empty yourself at Jabbok. Now watch David, I mean, Jacob had to face two things. The past of his heir of Esau and himself. He could not go on any further. I literally feel here today on this Sunday morning, there's somebody in this building and the Holy Ghost showed me who you are you're on a tightrope and God gave me this message for you this morning to try to help you on that tightrope to keep walking because you come to a place of a decision and you're not wanting to make the decision and everything God has given you is going to be for naught if you don't make this Jabbok crossing I'm reaching for somebody in the Holy Ghost today. Musicians come. Y'all come. I'm reaching for somebody today. You don't think Jacob had a hard decision? Yes, he had a hard decision. But he had to choose. I'm going to face it because my salvation depends on it. 
My living for God depends on this. See, but here's what we're at right now. The world says, oh, preacher, that don't matter. I want you to take a visual scan right now. If this doesn't get corrected within two months, you won't see them again. Say, come on, pastor. Why? Why? Folks, we're in an hour now. Where God's reaching for somebody trying to give them hope. There's a breaking of the day. Jacob had to make a decision. And if Jacob made the decision. And he did. And emptied himself out. There was something that was coming to Jacob. That he had never seen before. Next verse. And he took him over. Sent him over the brook. And all they had. Next verse. And Jacob was left alone. And there he wrestled with a man. Until the breaking of the day. Hosea says that was not Jesus Christ. It's third party of a trinity. That was not there. That's not scripture. That was, Hosea says that was an angel of God. That came bearing the face of, of God. Next verse. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him. He touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And he wrestled with him. Next voice. Next verse. And he said let me go for the day breaketh. And he said I will not let thee go. Notice who Said it. Jacob. That angel showed up. Like in this presence today of God. To do the work. But somebody's got to say. I'm not letting you go. Till the day breaks. And if you just keep wrestling. And keep hanging on to what God has for you. I promise you. Next verse. He said. What's thy name? Now we go deep. He knew his name. He knew what his name, his name was Jacob. Next verse. And he said, thy name shall be no more called Jacob. But from this place, Israel. You say, what does all that mean? Names were given to people in the Bible to define Their nature. Who has defined you? What family members defined you? Well, that's just the drunk of the family. That's just the crazy one. Come on, folks. We got nuts in every tree. That's just the nut of my family. That's just. Hey. That's just the crazy one in the church. They say that about Indian Village too. Every church. That's your, and if we're not careful, we just define somebody. And now they're living with the definition of what people have named them. And I'm here to tell you today, if you'll keep wrestling with him, today could be the breaking of a day for somebody that watch. God changes your nature. And where everybody's defined you one way, when God says, this is my definition, there ain't nobody, Sister Kim, that can change. Their opinion don't matter. Their thoughts don't matter. Their niceness to you don't matter. That's why people say, Ben, well, how can you preach like that? Because people don't define me. He defines me. And if I keep letting him define me through prayer, fasting extensively, studying the word of God, that word chisels on me. That word works on me. And I keep emptying myself out every day. God, I want to empty myself at j As long as I keep doing that, I got a day coming where God's going to say, you ain't no longer Scott Benoit, but I'm fixing to give you a brand new name. 
Stand with me. So, God will never use somebody. Listen to these two statements and I close. Before God ever uses somebody extensively, He will never use you until He conquers you. Until my will dies. The breaking of day has a purpose. It's the fulfillment of what God has. He said your name's going to change from Jacob, deceiver, supplanter, to Israel. El is God. Israel is governed by. And look, if this don't make you shout, my Lord. If I keep wrestling, Brother Mark, if I keep wrestling with my nature, it's got to change. I got to change. I need the help of God to change it. And I keep wrestling with it. I will go from Scott governed to God governed. I will go from my will, Brother Charlie, to God now being the governor over me. Now it makes a whole lot of sense when Jesus said, I Father who art in heaven, the memorized prayer everybody quotes. It's not a memorized prayer. It's a pattern. What's he saying? Thy will be done in this earth. That, that word earth does not mean the globe. It means this terra firma. Me. What he's saying is, let my your will be done in me. Change and become the king of my heart. I gave you what the Holy Ghost gave me to give you. So, I wonder if there's anybody here today. You've been waiting a long time for the day to break. I'm telling you, he says too, you're going to get power with God and power with man. You're fixing to get favor like you've never had before. Is that not worth wrestling for? Is that not worth wrestling for and crucifying my flesh and hungering for the things of God to have power with God? What does that mean? That means I can pray. And God says, I'm going to answer your prayer today, not tomorrow. I don't know about you, but I need power. I need favor with God. If that's you here today, why don't you step out of that pew? I think all of us should come today as a family. Come on, it's Sunday morning and we close as a family. I invite everyone, our guests, we're glad you're here. But don't feel like you're not a part of this. We'd love for you to come in this altar with us as we close in prayer.